We're going to continue in Luke and chapter 23, verses 50. There was a good and righteous man named Joseph, a member of the Sanhedrin, who had not agreed with their plan or action. He was from Arimathea, a Judean town, and was looking forward to the kingdom of God. He approached Pilate and asked for Jesus' body, and taking it down, he wrapped it in fine linen and placed it in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had ever been placed. It was the preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed along and observed the tomb and how the body was placed. Then they returned to prepare spices and perfumes, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes, so the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying it is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day? And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them. And they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stood to look in, he saw the linen cloths. So he went away amazed at what had happened. This is the truth. We're going to continue reading some scripture from Luke 24. On that same day, the first day of the week, two disciples of Jesus were on their way to a village called Emmaus. While they were walking, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them, but they were prevented from recognizing him. The one named Cleopas asked him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know what's happened concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet powerful in action and speech before God and all the people? He was sentenced to death and crucified, but we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Later, as he reclined at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. They said to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us. Good morning again, church. Welcome again to this gathering of New Eden. Um, 
we're just thankful that you all are with us this morning. As I mentioned earlier, uh, today's service is a little bit different for a few reasons. Um, again, it's Easter, so um, we can get away with adding a few more elements and doing some things. Um, hopefully, we don't keep you any longer than normal. Um, and then this specific time in the service is a bit different, um, just because of where I'm at personally. As I mentioned, I had a, a back surgery this week, had a sister move, and so it's why I'm getting help carrying some things around and trying to take it easy, which has been pretty easy up to this point, because doctors like, don't do this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, I won't because it's incredibly painful. Um, but as it gets better, I'll, I'll need to be more mindful of that. Um, it will be a good thing for my health long term. I had a cyst sitting on the sciatica nerve, and so it's a good thing, but I'm still recovering. So I might be a little less expressive than normal, as I said, no worries. Um, also, because of that, to be honest, I just didn't have as much time and energy as normal to prep something. Um, and I'm thankful we don't have a church culture here that demands that. Um, truth is truth. And so we're going to proclaim that every week, regardless of the avenue or the way it comes across. Uh, we trust the Holy Spirit to cause that to be effective. Um, and the reality is, uh, even though preachers and churches uh, can put pressure on preachers um, to come up with something fresh and exciting, uh, there is nothing more fresh and exciting than the fact that Jesus got back up out of the grave on Sunday morning. So um, we don't have to do something special for that. Um, this is something we celebrate every single week. And so there's nothing wrong with traditions and dressing up and things like that. But every Sunday, every moment of every day, it's all about Jesus. He's what we have to offer. Um, we're open about that. We can have fancy programming. We can have a great band. We can have amazing sermons. Uh, we can have all those things. But if we fail to make Jesus the hero, we have missed it. If you leave each Sunday with a to-do list, instead of in awe at the glory of Christ crucified, we might as well pack it up and go home because we're not doing what we're called to do. And so um, that's what we're about. So um, again, some things might be different. Uh, typically, if you're visiting with us, uh, typically during this time, I would bring an expositional message directly from a text. We see value in doing that as a regular rhythm. Um, but today will be a little bit different. Next week, we'll be back in Hebrews doing that. Um, so today, like I said, it, it is gonna be a little different. So what I'm gonna do, uh, just for about the next 11 to 12 minutes, um, I'm gonna read a poem. So if you're under 40, I'm gonna read a spoken word. If you're above 40, I'm reading a poem, okay? So we'll just go with that, um, and that way you can receive it. Um, uh, this is an older piece that I wrote a while back, and honestly, I was like, it's just explicit gospel truth um, drawn from many of the synoptic gospels. And so a lot of the scriptures you've heard from Luke, it will expound on that. So um, it will be most helpful for you to probably not think of this as a poem or a spoken word, but think of it as a sermon that has some flow and some rhythm, okay? So my, my invitation to you is to just sit back and receive it. Um, this might be the only time I'll ever say it at New Eden, but you can even put your Bibles away. Uh, normally, if a preacher says that, you should have a red flag that goes up, okay? Um, but, but you've heard a lot of scripture read. Um, everything that you're going to be here, I believe, is uh, that you're going to hear is based in the scriptures. Um, and so I'm going to read this over you guys. I hope you receive it. And then what we're going to do is respond um, after that by singing an Easter medley that our band has put together with a lot of different songs and some scripture reading. And then we're going to take communion. And then we'll respond singing a couple more songs that you guys love to sing and are great for Easter Sunday. So... Sound good? We all good with that? All right, cool. No one called me a heretic, so we're good. All right, here we go. Take a journey with me to the brightest of places. This garden called Eden, a perfect creation, where God and humanity dwell in perfect relation. No tears, no pain, no guilt, no shame. Just perfect communion and peace. What a beautiful scene. 
But into the story, sin explodes, destroys our hope and fractures our souls. The story of scripture continues to show humanity running further away from shalom. So now take a journey with me to the darkest of places, the antithesis of Eden, a garden of betrayal and hatred. Step into Gethsemane, look into the scene and see the son of God praying, the son of man pacing back and forth all alone, so far from his home, this king with no throne, but our only hope, God made low. He is shaking, his flesh aching as the cup begins to be poured his body is breaking as on his creation, he literally pours tears, blood, and sweat from his pores as our wrath he absorbs. Now Judas leans in with a kiss on the cheek and the betrayal begins of this prince of peace. The judge of the earth is now being tried by sinful man, his close friends now deny and there is only one who stands by his side, and it's not by his choice, but because of his crimes. The people must choose. Who will they lose? Barabbas, this murderer, this taker of life, or Jesus, this creator, the maker of life? And I cry out in anger, why should Barabbas go free? But the answer resounds in my ear. Barabbas is me. And with a rattling sound, the chains hit the ground, freeing the hands of this wicked man, free to chase again back to his sin, the guilty exchanged for the innocent. And I want to protest and cry out for justice, but my heart is grotesque so I too would be punished. So instead I join the crowd, yelling aloud, jeering and sneering and cheering as I place the thorns formed into a crown deep in his brow. I spit and mock in the face of God made flesh and the love in his eyes makes me cry louder for his death. His core reeling skin Pilling, blood spilling as he's beaten and torn with the glass riddled cords. His back plowed like a field, the crowd thirsty to kill, the only one who can heal, but his own life he yields. My own feet now splashing in the puddles of his blood. His body thrashing as the whip swings down from above, the crowd harassing as he sits, silent and dumb, like a fumbling sheep to the slaughter he is led. His body crumbling and breaking like pieces of bread, his feet stumbling and taking my place with each step, and not one mumble of hate underneath his gasping breath. And still, all the agony of this physical torture is not the reason he wept and begged and pleaded for another way. See, he is literally becoming sin so he can lead it to its grave. 
the hanging begins. But the irony is, they seek to slay Jesus, but instead they slay sin. See, Jesus became what he hates, that I might become what he loves. To the point he was forsaken by his father above. Yet we still mock him. Hail, King of the Jews, while he reigns us. We yell, why don't you save yourself while he saves us? We seek to destroy the very one who creates us and what cripples my soul is he still lovingly forgave us. Suspended between earth and sky, guilty criminals on either side, one humbly pleads while the other derides, but still with love in his eyes, a king offers a thief paradise. The tears and sweat cease as his last breaths leave his mangled flesh, but into his father's hands, his spirit rests. This gruesome picture of the destruction of sin, unjust suffering at the hands of powerful men, laid in a cold, empty cave to rot away while the powers of darkness dance on his grave. But it won't last long, cause Sunday is coming. The same feet now dancing will take off running. Feel the ground shake as morning breaks on that third day. Stone rolls away up from the grave. Jesus has raised, loosed the chains. Death is now slain. Let the whole earth proclaim King Jesus reigns. In his upside down mission of willing submission, he's claiming dominion puts the disease of sin in endless remission. The king that once really died now really has risen. The resurrection of this Christ means darkness now replaced by light. Let the blind receive their sight. Let the mute sing with might. Now the lowly lifted high, the dead are raised to life. New creation breaking forth, resurrection as the source. Raised with Christ, the veil is torn, so weeping sinners now rejoice. No more endless works of penance. He has done it. It is finished. Every nation and tongue now welcomed into God's presence on the basis of God's son through faith and repentance. All who trust are invited to come and feast. There's room at the table, so come home and eat. Even if you've strayed, wasted your whole life away. Like the prodigal son, you're now filled with shame. You've wandered far outside your father's gates and you're wondering if he still has a place. But what you don't know is that your father waits Every night, squinted eyes, arms open wide, sprints to your side, calls you child, says, come inside, kill the calf, come and dine. You are made right through the blood of Christ, so sit at my table and drink my fine wine. Sinners all are welcome here because perfect love has cast out fear. 
The same spirit that raised to life the Christ now dwells inside. You are righteous in your father's eyes. So now we join the resurrection song. We shout for joy because our chains are gone. And soon we'll be back in this recreated garden with recreated hearts, no longer hardened, walking with God in the cool of the day, completely exposed and yet unashamed. No more need to hide and cover up. We'll be clothed in his glory and washed in his blood. Heaven and earth will be our new home and then will we know as we are now known will stand eternal face to face with the one who saved us by his grace. Like the disciples, when their hearts burned inside, as truth was revealed and scales fell from their eyes, we too will see his full glory and recognize that every line, every time pointed to Christ. He is the better Adam because he stayed faithful in the garden. He's the faithful human who brought about pardon. He's the better Noah because he offers eternal deliverance, rescues us out of the storm and gives us repentance. The better Moses, the true Sabbath and the final Exodus takes us from slave to son and will forever rest with us the better Torah, more than laws and countless fresh starts. Instead, he reaches in with his eternal pen and engraves his law of love on our hearts. He's the better Abraham, father of all, the better Israel overcoming the fall, the better judge, the better priest, the better David, the better king, the better temple, the final atonement for sin. God himself became flesh and dwelt among men the better Hosea, who married the unfaithful adulteress. Christ transforms us into a pure bride, faithful and righteous. The better prophet, because he doesn't just warn of death, he rips out our unrepentant heart of stone and gives a heart of flesh. All of the scriptures testify to this sacrificial king in Jesus the face of God revealed for the world to see from glory to glory. This is my story. The whole of my aim is to make his name famous. I rest in, I hope in, I trust in this risen king. His life was taken, was forsaken that I might never have 